All right, welcome back into another episode of the Idea Collision. My name is Andrew Green. I am the host of this podcast. And what we do here for those who may be newly joining us um, is that we look at ideas that intersect in some way and not always in ways that you expect. Um, sometimes a lot of these have paradoxical effects, kind of, um, and, and um uh, in fact, we've been looking at paradoxical values in younger generations. In other words, these are stated ideals that younger generations have. Uh, it would work with any generation uh, because we all kind of do this a little bit. We we assemble values that we have, and, and over time we assemble some that are not always compatible. Um, and... Uh, I always use because it works. We understand money. And we understand things like this. is very tangible. So um, I use examples a lot of times from com like our commercial decisions and priorities uh, to illustrate this. You know, for example, I personally like. I mean, I don't like to buy junk. Uh, so so I like value. So we'll say, oh, I like quality. I like to buy quality things. I also have the value of value of buying things inexpensively now uh in a lot of cases those are incompatible things you you can't always you, you know if you want quality you're not going to go to the dollar store or whatever right you're, you're not going to get something of quality you're going to get something satisfactory maybe but it's not quality so um when when you have something that's paradoxical like this, for example, then what you find is one of these is going to be a core value and one of these is going to be a preference. So uh, with me, you know, I suppose it depends on the item too, uh, you know, but, but one of these is going to win out when it's important. Am I going to buy something and have to buy it again or am I going to... Uh, you know, because I bought something not quality or, you know, am I more focused on the cause? I'm not sure which one I really, you know, maybe it depends on the item, I suppose. I don't know. Uh, but but we typically have one that we wait and that will be our more core of the of the two values. Like we can't always have uh, both. So uh, we talked about that. So that's not really where I'm going to uh, focus today. Um We'll probably come back to another financial illustration, but um, we're I want to talk about uh, values of um, kind of uh, uh, the value of liberty or freedom, uh, independence. We talk about independence a little bit, uh, and um, I want to kind of I, I think we've talked about that before, but I want to come back to the idea um, in in looking at it as a is it a core value or is it a preference, merely a preference? Um, so we're not going to look at, at the, the same exact way that we, we have before. Um, we like the idea, I think, of liberty. Uh, and, um, you know, as a teenager, we all love this idea of freedom from our parents. Uh, freedom from rules is really what we wanted. We wanted not to be told what to do. I get to get out on my own and be my own boss and things like that. Now, I don't know younger generations have that goal. So I think we still like the idea of it. Don't tell me what to do. A lot of people like the idea of a, of a government 
a limited government, you'll hear that a lot, uh, a government that doesn't tell me what to do, gets out of my life, and they're very restrictive, and I don't like that there's too many laws, they're in my personal life, etc. Uh, and a lot of terminology, no matter what the political spectrum right, that, that you belong to, or what side of the political spectrum you belong to, you will you will see these phrases, you know, uh, so uh, that that espouse the idea of the government not telling me what to do. I guess a lot of times it just depends on what it's kind of like what kind of product I am, you know, what what my core value is. But uh, they'll, they'll say, you know, well, I want the government in this topic, but not in that topic, you know. So um, at, we like the idea i said we like the idea of independence but I, I i'm not sure that we actually like liberty uh and freedom um you know i am old enough to remember when insurance jumped from covering a kid from 18 uh up to 18 and then it went up to 21 i benefited from that for like a year <laughs> I had a, a significant medical uh, uh, issue uh, that kind of came about when I just after I turned 21. So, so I, I benefited from it for, for about a year. It's now uh, health insurance now covers a child till age 26. We'll come back to that. Um, right now, we have the highest number of children living at home. Uh, as we've had since the Great Depression. Of course, what's the situation in the Great Depression was a lot of people couldn't find work. There simply wasn't work. So so in order to pool, they couldn't, not everyone could afford homes. So, so you know, uh, you tried to pool, if you had a couple of wage earners, we, we pooled it together and tried to, you know, maintain living quarters and meager food you know, for, you know, for the nine years, uh, you know, and then, and then we got into the war and things like that, and that, that, that took care of it. But, um, you know, that's not the situation right now. We're not in a depression. So, so why is this happening? We're in one of the most prosperous times in our country's history. And yet people are still living like we're in a depression in terms of living at home. So, so it's not, you know, th these kids all have cell phones. They all have uh, a, a computer or more. They have a tablet of some sort. They have technology crazy, right? They have nice vehicles. I took my son down to um, down to college, uh, and uh, we we were going on vacation, so we dropped his car off uh, in in the town, and then we were going to take a, a three week vacation and then come back. It was our first son going to college, and uh, and so we wanted to do a last family outing, and uh, so we 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 did that, and we pulled in. Now my son has <laughs> he has had uh, it it just finally died on him. Had a, a vehicle that was, you know, it was what most of us who are a little older remember of having our first car. It was a beater, right? Uh, and so. Uh, it was it was not pretty, but you know, you, what do you expect? You, you're going to college, right? You're 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 in high school. You're going to college. You expect. A, I just remember college and high school, and I remember the cars that you saw in college and high school, and they were all beaters. So I was just kind of expecting, you know, he's going to have, 
you know, I thought his car was cool because it was a standard. You know, no one drives a standard anymore. And, and I had done some body work to it to not nice body work because I'm not that good at it. But, you know, to repair at least some holes and patches and rust spots and things like that. I was expecting one thing when I brought him to college, and that was not what I saw. When I pulled in, I thought, you know, his was just going to be one of a bunch of crappy cars and maybe one or two rich dads would have bought no the whole parking lot was you know f-350s and uh mustangs and you know chargers and it was just they're all really super nice vehicles and i'm like we we don't live in a in a depression and uh these these kids so so they, they graduate from college and they you know, if they go to college, one way or the other, at 26, 27, 28, they're still in their parents' homes. Um, so it's not a, a, a financial, you know, poverty issue. It is something else. Uh, it is, you know, it's a maybe, a, it's not survival. It's It's avoidance of some sort. They are afraid of life. And we've talked about the fears. And I don't want to go back into the fears. But, you know, at 26, their their parents and their grandparents had their own homes. They likely were already into their second child of, you know, uh, you know, in previous generations by age 26. And, and so something has changed from then to now. Well, liberty has different concepts when we talk about liberty or freedom or independence, right? There's a tangible idea, and, and that goes back to what we we talked about. This is the idea that they like. It's what is tangible, and that's leave me alone. That's very tangible. Um, don't tell me what to do. We like that. We can understand that. That's that's in our face. So someone's telling me what to do. Time to do the dishes. Time to do this. Time to do that. I can see that. I can feel that, and and I want independence from that. There's the abstract idea, and I think this is where maybe some of the fear comes in, is, you know, go out and do for yourself. Well, that that has a lot of different things that that can be. It's very abstract. Uh, what does that mean? Do I, I get my own job? I, I, I find my own place? Am I going to rent? Am I going to... So, so it brings in choices. And, um, you know... From this, it brings a, a lot of fears, fears of unknown and things like that. Uh, not merely the fears that they were taught. We, we talked about the different fears that, that our generations have instilled, the older generations have instilled of environment and all these things um, when we talked about fear. But um, just the natural fears that, that people have. But these are... I mean, these have always occurred. There's always been insecurity when you're doing something for the first time or what have you. Um, but there's a for some reason they're un, incapable of of dealing with these fears. As whereas before we were like we muscled through it. Something is different in this generation. It's not them, right? They're people. They're human beings. Nothing has changed in the human genetic code that makes them worse kids or something that, than their predecessors. Uh, there has been something that has happened to them, um, or I should say something that's not happened to them. Um, and I, I think that a lot of these fears that they have, these other fears, not the ones that we talked about earlier, but 
uh, fears of really of life and and things uh, and choices and independence comes it, it arises from not being taught, not from being taught. Right? There's it is one thing to to instill certain fears in your child, and we instill fear in our children. Uh, there's things I want them to be afraid of. You know, I I hopefully I want them to be afraid of like fentanyl and things like that. There's there's fears that we should instill in our children, but. Um, but there are fears that they have because they haven't been taught. They haven't had to struggle with things. Uh, so why and why should they be, right? In the Great Depression, if we go back to that illustration, if we go back to the, the Great Depression, things were done and, and independence was taught and, and or I should say dependence was taught as a means of necessity, right? Live at home because we have to, Right. Uh, that's that's the way things were, um, and so, well, they also needed to teach them deep independence because we needed kids to get out and work, and so so children worked at a younger age. So, so there was kind of like a give and take. Uh, they were still able to function and do stuff as children because the expectations were there. Um, but we don't need those now. Right, because we live in an affluent society, for the most part, not everyone feels that or experiences it, but for for the most part, it's a, it's a it's a it's available to you um, if you want it. So, but but why should we teach our kids? We have such an abundance in our in our society. Why should I have to teach my kids and uh, you know about being responsible with money? Be, because money is just there. It's, it's we have it. Um, and and I, I I know that it's using a lot of money illustrations, but but there again, it's tangible. We understand it. And we comprehend these. Um, you know, why should I have to teach my kids to be responsible or to budget? Right now, when I say it that way, we obviously we recognize that as as a wrong thing, but but we do it anyway. We don't sit down and teach how to budget or how to invest. You know, if, if your kid has a way of achieving some kind of financial <laughs> improvement like you know he's got a, a job somewhere or you know whatever or you just give him money whatever whatever way he has money right we just let them spend it oh it, it's 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 their play money we we ah they're kids let them spend their money and have fun there's there's time when they're older to save and do things like that uh so so it's all fun money uh and again, this is not a podcast about money or even about raising kids, but it, I'm trying to teach a, a greater point about these feelings of independence so that children are trained, right? Because we haven't trained them uh, to be responsible. We haven't taught them. We have taught them. We've trained them in a different way. Um, there's a statement in the Bible that says, you know, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Well, that has a positive and a negative, really. Uh, if you train up a child in the right way, he will have those tools when he's older. Uh, but if you refuse to train up your child, then you're going to train your child a different way. You're going to train him to do what he does without the tools. So if he doesn't know how to invest or save or any, any type of financial responsibility as a 10-year-old, well, he's not going to have it at 20. And, and so, so kids are graduating, and they have no tools because they haven't needed them. Parents have had enough money. They've had a space, and, and 
and and and so so they they're going to college to get an associate's degree they're out on their own at 20 or or they're you know they go to college they 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 take out these loans and stuff and all of a sudden and you see this today in real time kids have no idea these loans college loans have have like completely they, they annihilated them you know talk to someone who had college loans in the like the 70s and 80s back when when the percentage was like 26% or 22% or some crazy nonsense that that college loans had back then uh and and unforgivable then just as they are now it was devastating but people muscled through it why because they had training for the most part they they understood concepts of money and again, this is not about money. It's just it illustrates the point about independence. I think when we think of independence, probably money is the the way we most understand the the ability to do. I mean, there are two things in life, in natural life, that make us independent: a vehicle to get places, right? You don't have to depend on people for a ride, and money. Uh, and those two go hand in hand. Uh, but now they don't know how to save or invest. They just now they're adults. They get jobs right they go to college they get a job and what have they been trained to do right parents train them that every flashy item is something to buy because my money is play money so they don't understand taxes they don't understand any of this stuff and so adult choices paralyze them right saying no is a is a is a paralyzing thing making a choice of this or that is paralyzing so um i saw an article that was championing the idea of kids living at home well into 20s and they says oh because they can it can help them save money well that'd be wonderful but they're not saving money they don't save money they're not been trained to save money they're at home spending money uh and playing video games and i'm sure it's not everybody playing video but 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 uh, there's a reason that that's a cliche it's because they they have all the technology uh, and they're living at home. They're not at home be because they want to save up money. They're at home because they don't know how to live, because they haven't been trained how to live, and now the parents are in a conundrum because they don't think that their kids can survive. So they're forced into, or they feel forced into, you know, they've painted themselves into a corner is what's happened. Now I have to let this kid survive in my house because why? Well, I didn't train him. He doesn't know how to survive. He doesn't know what to do. He's totally paralyzed. Right. Well, life is going to catch up to you. It, it is. Uh, your parents are going to retire. They're going to be on a fixed income. They're going to move into smaller places, uh, maybe move into retirement places, which are not going to allow kids to stay with them. I don't care if, you know, just the fact that we're talking about 26-year-olds as kids is a problem. You know, just the fact that an insurance company would say children 26 years old can be on a policy. They're not children. They're, they're grandparents we're well on their way to full families and in their own homes. So, so they're not children. Why are we calling them? That's, that's, that's really an indicator of the problem that we're calling adults children. Right? They have no concept of, of the ability of independence. Not because of them. It's because of the adults. The previous adults have not trained them to be adults. There's been no training. Uh, if you expect nothing of somebody in any circumstance if you expect nothing of somebody they will meet your requirement right what what your what your level of expectation is if you say my expectation is for you is that you can make your bed and that's all that you expect for, and not die you know 
please don't overdose. Don't you know? Don't do drugs and make your bed. If that's all you have of expectations of your kids, they, they might meet that, and you'll be you'll be glad that they graduate, and they had a semi neat room, and they didn't die, and they'll graduate, and that's all you'll have. You haven't trained them. Your expectations will be met if if they are actual expectations. They're not preferences. Again, if your kid has a messy room, then it's not an expectation. It's just a preference. I would like you to clean your room. Right. Or, okay, listen, I'm taking away your technology until you clean your room. Oh, now it's an expectation. So um, so, so in this independence, right, uh, when it's forced upon them by by life circumstances, they're going to resent not just the circumstance. They'll resent being forced into independence, but they're going to resent who they perceive and correctly perceive as the culprit. Who gave them the inability, or I should say who didn't give them the ability to be adults right they're going to resent their parents and we see this and we've talked about this that that there's a one of the highest degrees of resentment uh in in parents or or in children of their parents in in recent times is is now why because their 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 parents have not equipped them and i I don't want this to be a a child raising thing that's the that's the the world i live in so, so some of these things are visceral to me, uh, uh, and that you know that's that's my life. So, so I kind of talk about things that are real to me. So, you might not be in that category of raising children. You might you might more identify with the with the person that is a victim of this process. You feel you're you're out on your own and you feel paralyzed or what have you. Uh, we're going to look at, at, at kind of exploring this a little bit more, but what we've done as parents, what I've done as parents, if I'm in this situation, is I've set them up for failure, and failure is a topic we want to explore a little bit more. Uh, the, they, they, don't, they don't have the tools to cope with life and independence. They're not equipped for it at all. Uh, we have, uh, our society has so focused on one aspect of, of getting them ready uh, we've done them a disservice. Basically, we've we've focused on the affirmation, the "you can do it" mentality, repeating to them that they can do it. Oh yes, you can do it. You can get out there. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. That does not lay a foundation for success. In fact, what it is is by itself, it's actually counterproductive. I constantly tell them that they can do it. When I have given them no, no tools, they're going to fail. They're doomed to fail. And uh, and they're going to resent it even more that I've told them they can do it when they get out there and and they haven't been trained to do these things they don't they don't have the ability to do it um, so so there's there's a lot of applications again depending on where you are at now you might be a parent today is the day to start to start raising the bar in terms of expectations now is the time to expect things of their money, uh, to expect things of them. Uh, we we personally, you want to, in, in all areas, we, we have expectations. So our children have to volunteer somewhere at some point in time. Uh, they have to do something um, productive 
on a volunteer basis that they're not getting paid for. That's a part of being a human being is interacting and, and serving other people. Uh, and, and so we, we require that. And there we reach resistance. And it's like, listen, everybody has done it. They volunteered at the YMCA. They volunteered at, you know, Humane Society. Whatever it is, you have to do something. Pick it. <laughs> you get to choose it, but you're going to do it. So, so that's one thing. You have expectations of their money. You're not just spending everything. You're gonna, you're gonna. Uh, we give money um, to God in church. Uh, we we save money. We have them invest money. And then they get to spend money. So we have those expectations. As parents, you have to do that so that when they get out on their own, they have these tools. It's not completely foreign to them. There's there's all sorts of areas of independence that they need to know. Living arrangements, all sorts of things. Uh, so uh, if you're a parent with a kid at home, now you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. It seems too late. Listen, these are the two things you can do. Number one, you set a date where they're going to be out and say, listen, right now, okay, you don't have money. These are the tools that you need to get to where you can move out, but this is the date you're going to move out on. Right? We, we've got to get them out of the nest. Now you can say, listen, that that's going to be mean you have to have this much money, and, and you might this might be where you have to start teaching them how to budget and do all these things. But but you have to you have to pick a point because if you just say sometime you have to do it, it will never happen. Now, set a date. Listen, you got six months, six months to save up money for an apartment, down payment, whatever, and help them or, or give them, find, show them the tools. If you're not really sure how to do this stuff yourself and you just kind of survived in life, you've got to give them some tools. I'll give you one in a second here. But you might be a younger person and like my parents didn't help me. I'm barely treading water myself. Maybe I am on my own, but I don't feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm accomplishing much. So I will suggest, you know, again, financial things are where a lot of this begins. I would suggest something called the Dave Ramsey Courses Financial Peace. If you want to uh, look at that, you can find that all over the place. Um, but uh, And he gives f just basic financial tools of how to to get independent and responsible with your money. Uh, so that you're not living paycheck to paycheck, things like that, right? Uh, you may have a friend like this. You, you know, they might just need kind of support in terms of people helping them make the right decisions. So, so, you know, I don't have to eat out all the time. What have, what, whatever it is, these these positive choices in life, um, wherever we are at. Uh, whether I'm a young person, whether I'm an older person, um, you might be a mentor of somebody in, in your church or, or however, a, a teacher, a guidance counselor, whatever. Uh, we have to guide them in their transition to adulthood. Right? They need their own wings. They have to be productive members of society. Um, and if, if we've enabled them they're going to resist this process but i do guarantee you that they will thank you later when when they see um when they see what that abstract area of of independence does for them uh in um and so so 
this week uh, is just a week to start, you know, take stock of where you're at, who you are, and 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 what the challenges you face in this area. Uh, if you know people, maybe maybe your family's perfect. You know, you've you've got it under control, and this is really falling on deaf ears for you. But you likely know people, and you know families who are struggling in this area. Um, you know, we I, I, as Christians, I get, I, I come in and look at our 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 you know, answering machine, and it's constantly filled with people needing money. Oh, we, we, we need rent. We have something led to needing rent money, you know. And we can't, as a church, we can't just go giving rent money out to everybody in the world. What led you to this place? Where What got you here? You know, something got you here. Uh, so so analyze where you're at, people you know, whatever, and, and start looking for a way to help um, improve a life around you or to improve your own life in some way and uh, and and see the the changes that start immediately and, and the confidence that comes from kind of even having a plan even if they're not out on their own or you're not out on your own this week the the confidence that comes from having a concrete plan turning some of the abstract into something uh, concrete uh, is going to bring a lot of confidence. Um, and so uh, I hope a, a good week for you and we'll see you again next week.